Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host, Jo Milmine, and this is episode 174, Birthday Gifts for Knitters, That's Not More Yarn. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 174 of the Shiny Bees podcast. How are you? I'm Joe. I'm your host, and I'm back again with you today for another episode of the podcast. How are you? I hope you've been well since the last time I spoke to you, which was a couple of weeks ago. Now it's been a little bit crazy again over here at Casa Shiny, and I had intended to do a podcast on my birthday, which was the 18th. So thank you for the birthday wishes for those of you that sent them. Um, But I sat down at the computer to start recording with a a glass of of bubbles and then basically got a little bit distracted by the bubbles and um, decided it was probably better if I didn't indeed record them. So I'm back with you now. It's been a little bit crazy, as I said, and it's going to only get a little bit more so over the next few months, I think, but all positive. I won't uh, labour the points with you just now, but I'm sure I will share them with you at some later juncture because today I'm going to talk about birthday gifts for knitters that are, that's not more yarn. Entirely inspired by it being my own birthday, of course, and just because as knitters, like, we always re- appreciate more yarn right? We do. We always appreciate more yarn. But as a gift giver, sometimes it is a little bit less fun to give a gift that then sits in the stash potentially for quite a long time. And it can be a little bit anxiety inducing if you are not a knitter, but you are trying to give a gift or find a suitable gift for a knitter. It's not always that straightforward. So I thought today I would talk a little bit about other options for gifts for knitters for birthdays. I mean, Christmas also works as well, I guess, or any other gift giving holiday that you partake in when it comes to finding things for a knitter. So I thought I would talk about that today. And yeah, happy birthday to me, basically. I'm now 38. I've not achieved everything in my 38th year that I thought I would, but you know what? I've got my 39th and I plan to get some of that done once the curveballs stop coming my way. But I'd be bored, wouldn't I? I would be bored if everything went to plan. You know what I'm like. And I was sat here thinking about what I would normally be doing around my birthday because my birthday happily coincides with the usual weekend, either the weekend before or the weekend after of Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Do you remember when we used to go to festivals for the yarn? And obviously EYF was a couple of years ago now because they decided to take a year off and then um, obviously it's not been on this year either. And I'm really missing my knitting pals. I'm used to being able to have like a really fun, exciting weekend and get to meet up with everyone. And it's my birthday. So it's normally really good fun. And I'm really missing my knitting pals and hanging out and catching up with people that I don't necessarily see, even from year to year, really. 
So yeah, if you're used to hanging out with me drinking gin in um, in the finer parts of Edinburgh on my birthday, I miss you too. I miss you too. I miss the birthday bumps, the birthday cuddles, the birthday gin and the birthday fun. But I still managed to have some, of course, and it was really good. So if you wanted if, you, if you've enjoyed the podcast this year, because we're now actually at the anniversary of Corona, Corona birthday, if you've enjoyed the birth, the birthday, the Corona, the the podcast, oh my word, long day today. If you've enjoyed the podcast over the last year, since it kind of came back with a vengeance during the COVID crazy, or you just want to give me a birthday gift and say, Joe, you're a legend thank you very much. Um, you can write me a review for the podcast. I would super appreciate it if you did. I am going to read them all out and say thank you personally to you for leaving me a review because everyone likes to be told that people enjoy the work, obviously, and I just want you to love me, obviously. And um, in all seriousness, it does obviously help with... Um, with search and stuff so it helps other people find the podcast and like anything else whether they're going to like it or not and encourage people to try it I'd really love it if you would leave one on your podcast app of choice or Podchaser would be great that is a fairly new platform but it's going to be basically the IMDB of podcasts so you can actually claim credits for all the other podcasts that you've been on as a guest and if you edit other podcasts or produce other podcasts it's almost like an audio CV so I would love I see that Ruth already put one on there for me thank you so much Ruth um but if you would consider doing that as a personal favor personal thank you personal happy birthday Joe to me I would be mega grateful. It doesn't have to be like massive or war and peace. Don't worry about it. Just be like, really like Joe. Good, good tonics chat. Plenty of gin. Thanks very much. We'll, we'll be adequate. But yeah, if you wanted to do that, I would be very grateful. So moving on to the topic for today, which is ideas for birthday gifts for knitters that isn't more yarn. And I've got a few ideas. I've got a few ideas, one of which I've borrowed from myself. So my first suggestion is some Adidas Samba Fox trainers. You can get these from adidas.co.uk and the equivalent other Adidas shops, wherever you may be. And these are £75 and they are a pair of trainers. Now, why does Anita need a pair of trainers other than to run to the yarn shop or walk around Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Well, this particular special edition Samba Fox shoe trainer is a collaboration between Adidas and the Fox Brothers. And Fox Brothers are a really old British company, classic British cloth manufacturer. And they've been going since like the 1700s or something, like a long time. And They've basically come together with Laxton's and used Laxton's yarn to make a cloth and then the cloth has been made into trainers. So they are wool trainers, wool trainers. Who doesn't want them? Nobody doesn't want them. They come in two colours, one of which is simple brown, dark brown and I can't even read my own writing and white basically. And then there's a dark brown, off-white and simple brown version. So one is kind of like more on the brown, brown, natural 
kind of Hebridean-y looking, not quite so dark as that, but that sort of colour, like your mid-brown. And one is the lighter, natural colour of your sort of mash and BFL. So it's like the light um, coffee, like pale coffee coloured yarn colour. Yeah, undyed. So it got me to thinking, it's like, could I get one of my mates who dyes yarn for a living to dye my own custom pair of Adidas Samba Fox shoes? And I'm vigorously considering it because I think it would be really cool. I'm not a massive fan of natural colours. I mean, these are going to look good because they're trainers, right? But imagine if I could have them dyed whatever colour I wanted. Now, I'm not for one moment encouraging you to go and get speckled Samba Fox trainers. Maybe I am. Maybe I am a little bit. But I mean, how cool is that? You get to wear wool trainers on your feet. That's definitely a cool knitting gift. So, like I said, the Fox Brothers have been around forever, since 1772, and they're based in Wellington in Somerset, and they are a woolen and worsted cloth manufacturer. So they do, yes, they're doing this collaboration, but they do tons of other wool and woolen and worsted cloth, spun, spun cloth, fabrics, they do tailoring, they do all sorts of things. So if maybe the Samba aren't for you, but you want to check out the other offers from Fox Brothers, they are like for the, the tailor gentleman, then you could go check that out. Option number two is a wool blanket. Now, of course, as knitters, we can knit our own blankets. However, it is quite a big commitment in terms of time and effort to knit a blanket. Like it, it's going to take a long time maybe even a year if you're doing a temperature blanket so what you could do because all knitters like to be cozy i have a theory that all knitters are inherently cold and that's why they become knitters because they need to be warmer in life and everyone likes to be snug right if you sat there having a little knit it's nice to have your little toes tucked in a blanket all nice and cozy on the sofa whilst you're knitting so a wool blanket could be a great option I absolutely love Nakandu Wool Mill for blankets. I've got about four or five of their wool blankets, to be honest. They're quite often at shows. They, they did used to be at Edinburgh when they were there, but Nakandu Wool Mill is a tiny little Victorian wool mill in Nakandu, which is in the Highlands. It's in Speyside in Scotland, and it was brought back from ruin, essentially, in the 1970s. It was derelict to a full-up working mill and visitor centre now. So they do make a lot of various different wool products and actual hand knitting wool as well. And one of the products they make on their Victorian Dob Cross looms are wool blankets. And they are super cosy on actual Victorian machinery. So you could have a look at them. It's um, Nakandu Wool Mill, knock and O oh, it's spelt. Nakandu is how you say it. Or if you don't want a Scottish one, you could go for a Welsh one maybe. Check out Trifu Woolen Mills, which is near Conway in North Wales and they have all sorts of different Welsh blankets because the Welsh blanket is a different design to a Scottish blanket or a tartan blanket it's completely different design so and that's quite a large mill and you can go and have a look what they've got it's a little bit less expensive um but some different patterns if you don't necessarily want the tartan type or a plain type blanket or you can have a look at Felinfac, which also do blankets, scarves, hand-dyed yarn. Um, and have a look near you if you are not in the UK, because obviously I can't, well, I could, but it might get expensive for me, go and, and research every little 
blanket manufacturer local to where I am. But I mean, these are just some options for the UK. And I mean, they ship worldwide, I assume, as well. I think um, the Nakandu stuff is available in Harrods or somewhere, or John Lewis or something like that as well now. But there's going to be little mills close by where you are, potentially, um, particularly if you're in, you know, like the States or Canada or Australia, where you could find something like this, something nice and cosy. Option number three then for you, I've got, is a project bag. Now, a lot of us do have project bags anyway, and I have a little bit of a, a bugbear about project bags in that not all of them are multi-purpose. They are very definitely a project bag for the knitting. Um, but there are some manufacturers that make them where it's a little bit more flexible and it can be an, a bag that has a knitting element, but it isn't very obviously a knitting bag such as Delaki, which used to be called Namaste, but as the name has been changed, it was bought by uh, Jimmy Bean's Wool and it's now trading under Delaki. And they have uh, the maker's bags, which are canvas bags, uh, waxed canvas bags that are specifically designed for knitters. So it has all of the different little pockets to separate out the different parts of your, like your knitting to where it needs to be. It has a little um, holder for the yarn to go through um, to feed the yarn through out of the bag it has some extra little bits of frippery like in case of emergency break glass type stitch markers and stuff in there so an interesting option that isn't very obviously a knitting bag is a little bit more multi-purpose I preferred them when they were a bit more leather or leather look um, I'm not a huge fan of canvas bags because it just makes me think of country Yorkshire uh, farmers basically which is is not the look I'm going for in a swank bag if I'm going to fork out for a bag I want it to look like quite neat but they're very nice and very popular canvas bags are mega popular just like hide and hammer which is the next option now I don't have a hide and hammer bag um but people tell me they're great and the basket bag is made out of oil skin and it's really flexible you can make it to different sizes using a strap on top of it where you can kind of roll it down to make it into a small bag or you can roll it up if you've got a sweater in there and the size of the bag adjusts according to the size of the project you've got, which is really cool. Um, I, I think they're quite expensive for what they are. They are nice, but they you do pay for them. They're £85, which I think is on the higher side personally for what is a knitting project bag. I ain't got a problem paying that for a handbag. But that is a knitting project bag. It's not quite the same thing. Um, if you want a pure project project bag, then you should go take a look at the little grey girl, Gemma. She has been interviewed on the show before. She's on episode 85. If you haven't heard her or met her before, again, I've got a ton of her fabric bags because they are cotton, but they are not twee. Like a lot of project bags I've found before are quite twee with like, quite twee patterns um which is fine if you're into the twee like and I like a bit of twee sometimes depending on what it is but on my project bags I'm not a fan of the twee and so that's why I like Gemma's bags because they're not they're not you know like cartoon sheep or things like that that I, it just doesn't appeal to me there's nothing wrong with that um but I, I prefer something a bit more I don't know clean looking I guess so I have one that I absolutely love that reminds me of the rupees off um off Zelda it isn't an obviously Zelda bag but the the pattern that's on there is a diamond pattern just makes me think of the rupees so 
if you like a, a you know like a, a squashable foldable up um cotton bag but not the twee ones then you can go over there and check that out her medium bags come in at 28 pounds so not you know horrendous by any stretch of the imagination and they are lovely and very nicely made so number four as an option for a gift for a knitter that isn't yarn are sheepy themed toiletries so not necessarily going to be a great option for your vegans admittedly however other people might enjoy them so i'm going to share them here and one thing you could consider getting is some lanolin soap and the lanolin that is on the wool apparently is really great in terms of keeping your hands soft or keeping your face soft or whatever else and therefore it was used to make wool fat soap and there are a number of different makers that make wool fat soap now and the most famous of those is probably Mitchell's. So it was started in the early 1930s by a Bradford, somewhat unsurprisingly, as pretty much the centre of the wool industry, certainly in the north of England. Um, it was a Bradford chemist called Fred Mitchell, and he realised that the natural lanolin content of wool fat which kept the hands of the local sheep shearers and the wool sorters really soft could also be beneficial um, to delicate complexions and sensitive skins. Mitchell's wool fat soap is still made to the original formula and um, it's quite widely available. You can get it on a number of different sites and a number of different stockists will stock Mitchell's wool fat soap um, but you can also go look at Romney Marsh Wools, which are based down in the southeast, Romney Marsh, and they have a, all, their own version of the wool fat soap, but also a range of other toiletries um, that you can try if you want to try a soap that has lanolin in to um, see how good it, you know, see if it works for you potentially. So that is number four options: sheepy themed toiletries. Number five, stuff to protect the yarn. So we're not going to get more yarn, right? But given that I had a minor faff heart attack moment with potential moths in the cupboard, which I don't think were moths. I think it was the things were chewed at my old house that was Victorian and not my new house because nothing else has been chewed. And I found no actual evidence of moths. Um, stuff to protect the yarn could be a great option because it can be quite pricey potentially and there are lots of different things that you could consider using to protect the yarn such as lavender bags or lavender sachets again you can get some from Romney Marsh um, that are handmade with lavender in uh, but lots of other places will do them as well or you could potentially create a kit to make a lavender sachet so source the dried lavender source the fabric and put that together into a kit for your favorite knitter because if we like knitting we generally like the sewing and the making and the baking and the reading and other stuff as well it just tends to be what we're into um also consider things like cedar blocks or the little cedar rings that you can put into your stash or in your in your cupboard to keep your yarn free of the pests the pestilence or you could consider even if you're going to go mega go big um a full-up cedar chest for the knitter of your dreams to keep all of their woolens in i mean how amazing would that be i would love a cedar chest i might go and see if i can find one or just have one built like just 
just buy some cedar and screw it together myself. Um, it would be amazing, wouldn't it? But something like that that can keep all of the yarn, all the knitwear safe and protected is always going to be appreciated. And number six, and finally, because I don't want to go crazy with the enabling right now, I reckon there's another six options for this. We could have a part two of this episode. Um, but going down that theme of keeping your toes nice and warm, it could you could consider getting some sort of sheepskin, wool-lined, lamb's wool, moccasin-type slipper, insole solution going on. So I always have really cold feet. I don't know if it's a bad circulation or what, but I'm quite prone to getting cold feet. So I do love a little bit anything that's going to keep my toes warm. I like a nice, decent, fluffy sock. I like a nice fluffy slipper. I like a nice blanket. Um, And I'm also like vigorously pursuing a slipper option because they just keep your toes nice and warm. And I don't want like to wear shoes indoors, but I do like a house shoe. Like I like a slipper. And many knitters will appreciate this as well, particularly if they can double bubble and wear their hand knitted socks with the moccasin. Again, not necessarily a great option for a vegan, but you can get a version of this that is vegan friendly and is a synthetic material rather than actual sheepskin. But again, Romney Marsh do moccasins. Um, Celtic and Co are my current people of interest when it comes to some sheepskin slippers or, you know, footwear, shall we say, without giving it away before I get there. So they do one particular one at Celtic and Co, um, the knitted shorty slippers. They're not cheap. <laughs> They're not cheap. 92 quid. Um, which they do in a grey and a sage, and they are sheepskin lined, but the outside is knitted, which has got to be double double cosy, right? They are all handmade in Cornwall with British products, so that that is what you're paying for, which I think is entirely reasonable. Um, or my favourite, when when I feel like I'm like I've made it, or perhaps I've become like a James Bond girl. Lady, I'd definitely be a lady at 38, wouldn't I? Probably too old to be a Bond girl. Probably a bit short to be a Bond girl. But I'd imagine like channeling the Bond girl, lady, or just loving life myself, because I mean, who needs James Bond? Um, The Yeti Slides. So these are the baller choice as far as I'm concerned, right? 67 quid. So again, not your cheapest, but... They are like a, a, a little flip, like a little pair of kitten heels without the heel. They're like a kitten slipper with a super massive black Mongolian style fairy band across the toes. I just think that'd be mega baller. Like when Carl comes with with my my post, Carl the postie, he knocks on the door. Carl's going to be commenting on the, on the sliders. He's going to be commenting on the Yeti sliders. He's going to be loving them, just like Dylan from DPD. They're going to be loving them. Like I've got it all planned, you know. It's not like anyone else is appreciating any of my outfits. Cause I'm not going out. Not been out since October. But you know, Carl Carl's going to love those those little fairy sliders. So I'm considering some, vigorously considering some of those. But also, because I've not been out since October and there's no need for any outdoor wear, what about some merino loungewear? I'm thinking it might be possible. I'm thinking it might be a good idea. 
merino loungewear. I don't want no sweaty synthetics, right? Because you know I don't like a sweaty baby. I don't like a sweaty Joan either. I don't want no sweaty synthetics, but some merino loungewear I could get on board with for shizzle. So we have the merino lounge pants, also from Celtic & Co. Thank you for enabling us. And they are made in the UK from non-mulesed, fully traceable merino. Oh yeah, I'm loving that. Get involved. Again, not the cheapest at £85, but you couldn't knit them for that. So I think get involved, frankly. Other places you could look for sheepskin products are Sky Skins, which is an independent um, sheepskin place up on Sky, or Sheepland is another one that you could go to. I still have a sheepskin um, that I got, an organic one, when the beast was little to go inside her pram. And um, that has lasted, considering how much of a battering it's taken, has lasted really nicely. So you might want to consider some sort of sheepskinny product for the knitter in your life. So there's some of my suggestions for gifts for knitters that are not more yarn or is not more yarn. But I'm interested to hear, have you tried any of these products yourself? Or do you have a go-to gift for knitters that's not yarn? that you could recommend to me that and I can then share that with the lovely listeners. Let me know. I am at Shiny Beast on the socials or you can email me info at shinybeast.com and tell me if you've got any recommendations. That would be ace. So otherwise, I've got nothing else for you other than to invite you, if you are not a member of the Shiny Bees podcast community yet, to come and join us over on Mighty Networks. It's shinybees.com forward slash community and you'll be directed to the Mighty Network to be admitted to the Shiny Club. Of course, I'm going to let you in. I can't wait to hang out with you, but it's lovely over there. So please do come and join us. But otherwise, I will be back again next week. So I hope you will have a lovely week. Happy crafting. And I will speak to you all again soon. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Shiny Bees podcast. You can find full show notes for this episode over at the website, which is shinybees.com forward slash 174, where you'll find all the links to all of the various things that have been mentioned in this episode, as well as links to the Shiny Bees community. If that's all right.